Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number seven of the Beers and Bible podcast. We have reached the episode of perfection. I am your host, Rick. And I'm your other host, Patrick. And I do not agree about that whole episode of perfection thing. <laughs> dude, it's just the number you, of perfection. What are you talking about, dude? We This is the episode of perfection, and here's why. We have three things that have happened that are going to happen on this episode that have never happened before. Okay. This is episode number seven, which is the number of perfection. Okay. And we're talking about the Trinity. Okay. I can see where you're getting that. I mean, so the, the, you, when, when you when you open an episode with this is the episode of perfection, it kind of sounds like at the end of the episode, we're saying so long, farewell. You're right. You're right. This is not the episode of ending, but this is going to be. This is just a, a new beginning for this us. This is going to be the best episode seven that we ever record. Okay. And I, I, stand, I caught, I caught I that. I stand by that. <laughs> it's going to be the best episode seven that we ever that we record. So, okay. So let me tell you what we have coming up. That was my cat in the background. Just disregard that. Um, so, so we have, so episode six was a, was a milestone because we had a listener recommend a brewery. Yeah. Okay. New milestone tonight. We actually had a listener ship us beer. We did. So we we have two different ones from this this uh this slow pour brewery which we found is also near Gainesville. They're in like Lawrenceville or somewhere around there. Uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. Lawrenceville, Georgia. Lawrenceville, Georgia. So apparently something's happening in in Georgia yeah, with the, the with the beers. Apparently, if you're near Atlanta or something like that, you've got a lot of breweries. Yeah. Yeah, there's an option. Yeah, because Left Nut was was where it was Gainesville. Yeah, Gainesville, Georgia, mm-hmm. and then this one is Lawrenceville, Georgia, which according to the map is like maybe thirty minutes away or something. Yeah, like that. it's it's they're the two are not too far apart. So yeah, so they're close. So we had so he they actually shipped us uh, two different ones, two different beers, and we're gonna pick one tonight, and then we have some more uh, in the lineup, and then we're gonna do another one in a week or so. So we're gonna do both of them. Uh, yeah, we're just not going to do back to back because we didn't, we didn't want to do them back to back, but we are going to do both of them since he sent them to us. Thank you. Wonderful listener for sending us these beers, um, from slow pour brewing. And, and, uh, tonight the one we have on deck is cotillion. And if you are Southern, you know what cotillion means. Um, interjection here. I'm Southern and I don't know what cotillion means. Okay. If you're from the antebellum South. You know what cotillion means. Is that like rich white millionaire South? Basically. Where everyone kind of talks like of this. Yes. Yes. All that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. So cotillion is actually a dance that like almost teenage boys do with girls that they to teach them how to do etiquette. Oh. So it's like a it's like a it's like your first dance. 
So and you do it when is, you're like ten years old. Is this beer supposed to be our first stand? <laughs> well, it does, do we have to awkwardly stand up and, and it dance does say now? their slogan on the the can: "Slow dance in your taste buds." We will be the judge <laughs> of that. <laughs> there will, there will be no slow dancing tonight. No. For the record, um, it does say that nothing good happens in a hurry, which I mean is probably true. Yeah. Um, oh, unless oh, unless you're dude. running. Cotillion pairs well with a good conversation. Again, we will be the judge of that. <laughs> uh, there, slow pour. <laughs> but so far, I mean, we haven't even opened it. We yet. haven't even opened it. It looks cool. Yeah. So let's crack it. Let's see what this thing sounds like. One, two, three. Nice. I think I was a little quick on that one. I got some on me. I did too. Let's give it a smell test. Doesn't really smell like anything. It just smells like beer. Okay, here we go. We're going to pour it up, and we're going to see how uh, Cotillion does. All right, I'm doing this right-handed this week. I totally did what you did last week. I actually did not spill any. I, I just came really close. I did. It just leaked out of my can. And now i got it all over me. It's not bad. Just a few drops. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what just came into my mind when I smelled this. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna let you smell it and see what you what comes into your mind. Okay, so on the count of three, let's say at the same time what came to our into our mind and see if we're thinking the same thing. Okay, you ready? One, oh gosh. two, three. Dirty Vomit. gym socks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, basically the same thing. <laughs> so, on on the smell test, this is this is not going well on the smell test. This actually smells like a a dirty gym sock to me. Initial uh, smell for me was like vomit. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope I really hope it doesn't taste like vomit or dirty gym socks. <laughs> Slow pour. We're we're not bashing you yet yet, but. We're hoping Cotillion's going to live up to the slow dancing promise. So, here we go. Let's One. do it. We're in. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Down the hatch. I don't actually know what to think about that. It's... This might be the first beer in my life I feel like I could chug and not hurt myself or spill any. Yeah. I'm not going to, but I feel like I could. You could shotgun this beer? I'm still not going to shotgun this thing. Because <laughs> then you would naturally spill it everywhere. Yeah. I also value my teeth. The taste is good. The uh, Okay. So, Cotillion is a blonde ale, and we have not done a blonde ale yet, to my knowledge. I don't recall. Um, 5.2 ABV. Um, on the can, it just reads, Southern style, coupled with charming grace, embodied this refreshing blonde. I mean, if this is a blonde, like if this is the standard blonde, I'm just going to say I now know why I have not ordered blondes very often. This is not bad, but it's not good either yeah I, I, it's just kind of I, I think what you're saying is it's very middle of the road yeah it's middle of the road um i mean it's very 
it's not bitter, but it's also not like super hoppy. You get like a little hint of sweet at the very end. Yeah. Did they did they put anything on the website about them? Not really. Not a whole lot. The website was kind of useless there. Uh, blonde ale, Southern charm with a smooth finish. Um, and it just gives you. They suggest you to... drink it on draft, which I mean I think everybody does that. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's a very to me. It's a very classic beer tasting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, it's nothing crazy like uh, the Southern Pecan we had in our episode one mm-hmm. or uh, like Flesh and Blood or anything like that that we've had in some other in another episode. Um, it's just very, it reminds me to compare it to something we've, we've already drank. It reminds me of the classic city lager. Okay. From, okay. So, from creature comfort. Creature comfort. Yeah. They were, they were in uh, Athens. That's another like, I bet all these breweries are just owned by the same guy and he's altering the recipe just a little bit to get a different beer. Hey, Georgia, listen here. We're on to you. We know what you're doing over there. Just because you have a billion breweries or whatever, apparently, we know it's just one dude that owns all of them. It's not bad. I, I, feel, not, like, I no. feel like I'm going to have the same issue I had a couple weeks ago where the beer wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the one Luther range yeah. at all. But it's not four, four and a half. I, I don't. So I'm, I'm. I guess I'll start with since I've already kind of given, given away where I'm going to land. I'm going to say on a scale of one to five Luthers, I'm just going to give this three. You're going to give it three. Okay. You're a little bit nicer than I am. I'm, a, I'm apparently getting mean because I'm, I'm going to give it two and a half. That's fine. It's two weeks of two and a half. Because <laughs> I hit, I hit two and a half last week. But the, uh, to, to be fair. I gave two and a half Luthers last week because it was bitter, and I, I have a natural bias against bitter beers. And you only gave it two and a half because the can got yeah, a one. Yeah, it really got a one and a half, actually. <laughs> um, so, this one, I, I'm going to say three. Um, okay. I, I I probably won't be going out and buying this one. No. Nope. Um, now, listener that sent it, if you want to send more, I won't turn it down. <laughs> I'll gladly take all the all the free beer we can get, but um, we're shameless. You know, we, have, we have no shame. No, none at all. And we're drinking beer and discussing the Bible, so we can't obviously can't have any shame. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's good, not great. Yeah, so that's to me. To me, it's good, not great, and it's not bad. That's where that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's good, not great. Um, it's it's good. It's good enough that if and I keep going back to this, like, if it were the only one, I wouldn't turn it down. But if there was another option, I would gladly pass it up. All right, what if your two options were the Cotillion by Slowpour uh-huh. or um, the one we had last week, the Banyan, Ban- the Mighty, Wild, Mighty, Mighty Banyan from, from, from Um, I would choose this one over that one. Okay. I would, because this one's not as bitter. True. So I'm just going to naturally tend towards the not bitter one. So you beat hey, look, slow pour, you beat out Left Nut Brewery's Mighty Banyan. So on Rick's scale. On on my scale. Only because I don't like bitter beers. Yeah. We still haven't found another left nut. So if somebody wants to send us another left nut recommendation. Yeah. Or reach out and email us or a left nut six pack. Let us know and we'll yeah. 
We'll do that. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go two and a half, and I'm probably going to stick there. I don't think I'm going to be changing on this one. I'm, I'm pretty convinced. Yeah. If I change, it'll only be a half a point either way. Um, but I'm going to start at three. Um, yeah. So there you go. Slow Pour Brewery in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Good, not great on the Cotillion. Not saying it's a bad beer. I'm not saying it's okay, a bad this, beer. This is terrible. I just I just put this connection together, and this is awful. And I'm I'm going to go ahead and apologize to Slowpour for this. But my uh, so a cotillion dance is when you like the the ten year olds dancing or whatever they're learning how to dance. I feel like maybe this was their first brew, and they were just learning how to brew. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe the others are better. Maybe, we'll to, I hope we'll, they we'll find hope out on another. We have another, another episode. One. I didn't look at what it was. What the other one was, because we don't we don't cheat, we don't drink these ahead of time. This is you get initial reactions on this this podcast, except for the first episode. Shh, we're not mentioning Someone that. One cheated. I cheated. It's fine. I only did that once, and then I repented of my sin, and I didn't do it again. I turned 180 degrees. So there you go. Slow pour. You got two and a half from Rick, and three from Patrick. So that's going to be two and three quarters liters. It's not a it's not a bad showing. It's really not. Yeah. So far, I've um, I, th- I think that I, this is Patrick talking here. I think that um, what I'm finding out is I just like beer. Basically, I haven't gone lower than a three on anything, and threes, you know. Yeah, I, I, th- I think three is going to be like that good, not great. Yeah. Range. Yeah. Anything below a three is like, hey, you got some stuff to work on. Anything above three is like, you're yeah, you're, you're getting there. You're doing good things. And then if it's four or above, it's like, hey, you're making it. Yeah, you're making it. You're making things happen. So there you go, slow pour. Good job. We we um, we accept the gift from the listener who sent the sent us the beer. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We're gonna move now into our next topic. We're going to cover, again, we're only going to cover one topic this week. Um, We're going to discuss the Trinity. Um, So, yeah. Buckle your seatbelts, because here we go. All right, so for the next uh, section, segment of our podcast uh, this week, we are going to cover... Um, what the Trinity is. So, uh, I think the Trinity is one of those things that we kind of talk about almost flippantly in the church. We just kind of mention it in passing, but we don't do a lot of deep discussion. We don't do a lot of deep, uh, reading about it. And, uh, I just feel like a lot of believers are probably not as uh, versed in the Trinity as they should be. Um, and, you know, again, like we discussed last week, this is going to be a pretty deep Thing to try to wrap your mind around and it is probably something not even probably it's it is something that this side of eternity we probably will never fully comprehend if you do fully comprehend the trinity then you need to um, tell us how you unlock the third heaven for real okay because, so yeah. all right so this idea of the trinity Give us, give us, give it to us. What is the Trinity? So the Trinity is that God is one and three. Um, that's what Packer says in, in concise theology here. Um, he uses Isaiah 44, 6. Uh, this is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. 
I am the first and the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Boom. So um, I think it's pretty clear in the Old Testament there are some um, what uh, theologians call Christophanies in the Old Testament. Yes. But uh, it's pretty clear that the Old Testament there is one God, and that is the God of creation. That is the God that Israel pursues. That's, you know, Israel is God's people. Yeah. Um, but then the New Testament comes along and introduces this idea of one God, but three personal agent, agents mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And that would be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. you. Re- I mean, you get the full... So, in the Old Testament, you don't really have the Holy Spirit. Ooh, that came back up just a little bit. Um, you don't have the Holy Spirit doing, like specifically mentioned as working and you and you don't really have Christ by name mentioned as working now right now new testament scholars and old testament scholars will say you know okay when this happened that is a christophany and and when we say christophany we just mean that's an appearance or a manifestation of the Christ person in the old testament it's not it's not necessarily like Jesus in the flesh showing up in the old testament right but it's in it sets up the what, what we would call the archetype of who Christ will be, right? The the key example of Christophanes that I hear pastors try to use or or that they do use is um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, in the burning, and then in the, in the, the burning, and then Nebuchadnezzar says, "Didn't we throw three into the fire?" But look, there's a fourth. There's a fourth. There's a fourth, yeah. and he looks like the son of God. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you know, the Bible is very clear that there is only one God. So one of the one of the main charges against um, Christians is going to be that that you know we're we're tritheists. We we believe in three gods. When we say right. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're going to say you're tritheist. No, we're not tritheists. We're not polytheists, which would mean many gods. Um, like all of your pagans, pagans are are mentioning when we say tritheism, we're talking about uh, the three distinct persons. Okay. And we, and we've already also talked about the dual nature of Christ a little bit, I think, um, where we say Christ is 100% human and also 100% God. Right. Like you talk about John chapter one, teaching us mm-hmm. that, that God is a hundred, you know, the word became flesh when it talks about the word existing before the beginning. So you have his divinity and then you talk about the word becoming flesh. So you have humanity, you have both of those and they call it the hypostatic union. Hypostatic um, Union. Charlene has a great song called The Hypostatic Union. Um, Charlene, dude, he's a Christian rapper. He's legit. You should listen to him. Okay. He, We're going to promote Christian rap on this podcast. He oh, has cool. an album called Lyrical Theology. And it's dope. All right. If Patrick disappears for the next 30 minutes and just lets Rick <laughs> ramble, it's because I'm off discovering who this guy is. No, I'll stay and, here. And I will ramble for 30 minutes. There is no doubt about it. Uh, no, so so when we talk about the Trinity, it's it's almost this idea of similar to something like the hypostatic union, right? Um, so you're saying that that Jesus is God, the Father is God, the Spirit is God, okay? But the Father is not the Son; that's Jesus. Jesus is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. So there's three distinct persons, mm-hmm. but they make up the one Godhead. Now. You've got to be really careful when you say things like make up the Godhead. (laughs) Lest I be charged with partialism, Patrick. (laughs) Lutheran satire friends. (laughs) That's modalism, Patrick. Um, They they don't operate in modes. They don't operate in in parts. 
you know, like, um, Jesus is not like one third of, of God and, right. and the father is not one third. And then the spirit gets that magical 34%. Yeah. It's, um, um I think we need to, it's hard to write. So there's God and then the Trinity is the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And they all make up or they're all equal amounts. I don't know how to put this. They're all equal. They're all 100%. They're all 100% God. And they're all 100% individuals. Yes. In their own right. So each one is almost like this 200% like hypostatic union idea. We have Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. Okay. Um, uh, not exactly like that. That's I'm, I'm not saying that each one is, is 200%, but, but you have they're in their role. As God the Father, he is 100% God and he is 100% Father. And then 100% God and 100% Son. And then 100% God and 100% Spirit. Spirit. Yes. Okay. So so it's each, it's, there's no there's no division. There's no um, breakup of them. They're all, and I wish I, wish I had, the, I, I, I used to can quote the Athanasian Creed, but uh, I don't have it in front of me. And so, so when you, but you, when you talk about that, um, that is what that is what makes us monotheists. Is we say that that is one God, and that one God has manifested Himself as three distinct persons. Okay, does that make sense? So that's surprisingly why, a little bit. Is okay. So uh, the the key example of that is going to be the Great Commission, where Jesus talks about baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. So I think Packer hits on that a little bit, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he does. So, um, so when Jesus command or when Jesus explains baptism and commands um, those who follow him to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, the wording here is really important. He says, "In the name which is singular, which is one name, which which correlates to one God, and then of the Father, the Son." And the Holy Spirit. So each of these three entities are present um, at Jesus's baptism or in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Father acknowledges the Son. The Son is Jesus, and then the Spirit shows up um, throughout Jesus's life and ministry. Yes. Yep. So you uh, at the baptism of Jesus, you have all three represented, in really, really in physical form, because you have the heavens opened up and, and it says a voice from heaven. Right, so God, so God is present so, at Jesus' baptism. Yeah, that's the Father, and then, and then it says the Spirit descended on Him. That's right, like yep. a dove. Yes. Okay. So, so you you actually have a a representation of all three parts at at the baptism of Jesus. Right. And then you fast forward all the way to the Great Commission when Jesus is is sending people, and He says, "Go therefore and make disciples, preaching, teaching, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." So that's still the singular name. So yeah. Jesus is not saying that the three are separate entities, but they're all the same entity while not it's we're just now getting into this and I'm already <laughs> I've already confused myself with the logic. It's it's easy to do. There and and you just I mean you have to be able to think more than 100%. Yeah. This each one is more than 100%. So God is 100% or God the Father is 100% God and also 100% Father. Yes. 
And then God the Son is 100% God and 100% the Son. Exactly. And then God the Holy Spirit is 100% God and 100% Holy Spirit for an astounding 600%. Exactly. Or 400% if you just count God once each time. Yeah. Or if you don't count him three times. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what you have is, is this, and, and how that works, you know, that's not for us to know, honestly. Right. It's really not, um, you know, and, and, and the folks who would, so, so there is a, there is a group, um, that, that they would call themselves oneness and they believe that they essentially believe in, in modalism, which is a heresy. Um, in that, in that God is one and he manifests himself as these three types of, of, uh, they have three different roles. Mold, yeah. Modes or roles. He manifests okay. in these modes or roles. So this is commonly explained by like, um, when people say things like God is like, or the Trinity is like how a man is a father and a son and a brother. Yes. That's modalism, Patrick. Again, Lutheran satire. <laughs> We're not kidding. Look it up. Hey, look, St. Patrick's Bad Analogies. It's the greatest YouTube video that I think has ever been created in all of the YouTube. And St. Patrick's know. Bad Analogies. I don't know. St. Patrick the Musical was pretty good, too. It was good, but it just doesn't top. I mean, that's modalism, Patrick. You're right. <laughs> okay, so so when we talk about the Trinity, there's, off, there's of course, going to be some pretty common uh, heresies that that pop up we've kind of mm-hmm. we've kind of touched on them already a little bit uh, modalism the idea that there's three roles played by one person mm-hmm. um and then there's partialism where like where each each uh member of the trinity makes up one third of so god is not a hundred percent or the father's not 100 percent god and 100 percent the father he is 100 percent the father and then 33.3 infinite three to infinity percent uh, God, who, who gets the magic thirty fourth percent? Because that's how you have to. When you say one third, somebody's yeah, got to get thirty four percent. I don't know. <laughs> I think making the infinity uh, messes that all up. I don't know. And then there's um, this idea of Arianism, where the Son and the Holy Spirit are creations of God or of the yes. Father and not one with Him. Um, that's like how the Son is, uh, how the Son produces light and heat. A lot of people use that analogy as yeah. well when, des- so, when describing the uh, the Trinity. Yeah. The light and heat are products of the sun, not actual, not in one with, with the, the sun. sun. Yeah, and then you you also touched already uh, there, Rick, on tritheism, which I had actually not heard of until I read this by Packer. Yeah, yeah. So tritheism is is essentially a, a scaled back way to say you're you're borderline polytheist. So you don't go a typical polytheist would be like you know almost as pantheistic view of everything is God, you know, that tree is God and that, that grass is God and that sidewalk is God and all of this, you know, everything is God. Right. And, and that turns into multiple, just multiple plurality of gods and tritheism is, is exactly what it's tri three theism gods, three gods. Right. Um, and so, so that tritheism to me is really just, just another way of saying modalism. Um, it, but but there is there is a little bit of distinction there um, where you say it's three separate gods or uh, not modalism I'm sorry uh, partialism it's it's similar to partialism gotcha where you say there's three separate gods and they all kind of act in unity with each other you know you think like you got like Odin and Thor and and you know Loki or whatever okay. yeah <laughs> if those three would ever work together you're right <laughs> they, they don't they don't thanks Avengers um, 
So, so yeah. So, man, we could keep going on this. We could. We could. Uh, let's let's hit a little bit more on on what Packer says. All right. So Packer, you know, he, he talks about the different heresies that there are, and then he and then he kind of wraps it up with saying that um, the one God, which is which is a singular He, is also equally they, and they are always working together, and they are always cooperating as they interact with humanity, as they um, as they uh, make things make things work. Um, and then he kind of, he kind of compacts it even further. He says that the father initiates, the son complies, and then the spirit executes the plan. Yeah. So this is, this is actually where, um, the modalists kind of get their argument. Uh, and, and while I don't, because the, the problem I have with modalism is, is you can only act in one mode at a time. Like, um, you know, they, they would they would argue that I can be a father and, the, and a son at the same time, but I can't act as a father and as a son at literally the exact same time. Okay. You know, if, if I'm at a family reunion and my kid acts up and I yell at my kid, I don't yell at my kids. I scold my kid. Okay. And then, and then my mom or my dad scolds me for scolding my kid. Right. You know, I turn around and, but I'm I, at one moment in time, I was being a father, and then I turn around and I'm instantly being a son. But I'm not those two at the exact same time, right? You know, there's there is there's at least one or two seconds in between that time, and so this the like this is this even gets back to what we've talked about a, a bunch of times where God is transcending time. Uh huh. So this is another aspect of His transcendence, right? When we talk about the Trinity, so. When we talk about the Trinity, we talk about the Trinity eternally. So they eternally existed as one in three persons in holy community. That's where they get the whole idea of they from. So you have this holy community, which is perfect from eternity past. So that's where we get the idea that God does not need the earth because he had eternal community from eternity past and into mm-hmm. eternity future. Right. Um, I may have like totally gone off on a rabbit trail on that one, but no, we're fine. but but that's you know that's the whole that's the idea when you when you talk about the the day of of the Trinity and you you still try to bring it back to it's one God. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's still something that you know if we sit here and try to wrap our minds around it, it's just gonna make us more confused and frustrated yeah. and yeah. Um, potentially just kind of throw our hands up in the air and be like, well, what's the, you know, why is this important to even know or, or why do we need, even need to care about knowing about this stuff? And to some degree, like how it works doesn't really matter. No, it's just the idea that, you know, a lot of being a follower of Jesus is, is believing in faith and be believing in something that you necessarily, you can't necessarily see or don't necessarily understand and being okay with that. And I think, and I think that's part of, part of the problem that a lot of believers have is that they don't understand it. And so therefore it's, you know, it's either a, a stumbling block for them as far as growing in their faith, or it becomes a, like almost a point of contention with them. Yeah. Yeah. And all right. So, so let's take let's take this let's make this applicable. 
Okay, because the Doctrine of the Trinity is is a lot of this head stuff and head knowledge, and and it it seems kind of out there. And and honestly, that's why I believe a lot of Christians don't think about it, is because it it requires this level of thinking that we're not really used to. And so, um, there there are, and I, I've heard this before. There are seven statements about God. Okay, and, and I don't think Packer included this. But but he, I'm pretty sure he said something similar to this. So the seven statements about God is God is one and there is only one God. That's statement number one. Number two, the Father is God. Number three, the Son is God. Number four, the Holy Spirit is God. Number five, the Father is not the Son. Number six, the Son is not the Spirit. Number seven, the Spirit is not the Father. So so that's how you, you put all seven of those statements together. And that is like, it's almost like that's the best way to define like if you had to give a hard nose, like this is the definition of the Trinity, that's what I would point to. I would point to those seven statements, and there's there's a there's a diagram that I've seen that that, that shows it pretty well mm-hmm. um, to point to point all that out. Where you have you know you have these these arrows pointing, you know, is and then is not, and Father, Son, and Spirit, and all that. But but those seven statements really really wrap that wrap that up. And so, how do we talk about each one of these? these being that um, that divine or whatever um, you I think you I think you have to turn to scripture so I'm just gonna like I'm not gonna read these but I'm just gonna rattle off a few scriptures um, here these are all in support of Jesus being God you have John 1 1 through 4 um, mark 2 5 through 12 John 9 37 through 39 John 10 38 Philippians 2 5 through 11. Colossians 1, 15 through 20, um, Hebrews, the whole chapter of Hebrews 1, Romans chapter, Romans 9, verse 5, 2 Peter 1, verse 1, Titus 2, 13, John 20, uh, verses 28 through 31, and Isaiah 9, 6. Um, those specifically point to the person of Christ as being fully God, okay? Now, give us some of the, give us some of the scriptures uh, that we have for the Holy Spirit. All right, so the Holy Spirit is also shown in Scripture as being fully God in um, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through twenty, First Corinthians three sixteen through seventeen, Acts five through three, and Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, First Corinthians uh, twelve four through six, First Peter one and one two, First Corinthians two ten through eleven, and Luke one thirty-five. So I I imagine some some people are sitting there going, well, wait, you didn't talk about how the Spirit is fully God. No, we did. That's, that was the ones for the Spirit. You mean the Father. Oh, the Father. The, the Father. Father. Yes, 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 so, yes. I was reading my book. <laughs> so, the, I mean, realistically, the Father is fully God through all of Scripture. Like, I mean, you you have the Father declared as the God. Like, that's, when you talk about the Father, you talk about, or when you talk about God, you talk about the Father. And so, I think that's why Scripture specifically points to Jesus and the the Spirit both being God as well, right? Because they're, I mean, they're they're making this point of this Trinitarian view. You know, if you're going to be a monotheist, then you say there's only one God. Okay, well, you can read the Bible and, and decide there's only there's only one God. Anytime the Bible says, you know, to to the nation of Israel, you know, I'm the Lord your God. There's none like me. The Ten Commandments, you know, Commandment number one, Commandment number two. Um, you have to you have to conclude that there is one God, and he's you know he said to call him Father. So 
you don't really have to look at specific verses that point to the Father specifically, because really any verse that talks about God is also talking about God the Father. Right. So pretty much from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Um, and, and, and honestly, I mean, the, the one to struggle with is, is really the Holy Spirit. That's the one that, that kind of seems like it's, it, it doesn't really fit, kind of, I guess you could say. But but there has to be that helper, <clears throat> and I think um, I'm pretty sure Piper hit on this where he calls the the Holy Spirit the Paraclete, mm-hmm. the Paraclete of God, um, and and when we talk about the Paraclete, what we're talking about is the the helper, and and this is I heard this explained a long time ago when I was in when I was younger in my younger years, um, when when you think of the word Paraclete, think of the word paramedic. It's where we. It's really where we get the word paramedic from. Okay. So uh, a para is something who come you come alongside side you. So a paramedic is somebody who comes alongside you to help you with medic medical care. Okay. okay it's paramedic. So when you think of a paraclete, you know uh, a cleat is something that holds on. It's something that that keeps something intact. Right. You know you. Uh, Construction guys are going to know about things like French cleats and and these, oh yeah yeah, yeah. These, okay these, got you these construction you know dovetails or or whatever yeah, they're called where yeah. you you make them a certain way so that when you put them together they re- they realistically don't come apart right it, so, it takes massive it some takes an insane amount of force to make to, to, to make them come apart to negate what happened okay exactly. gotcha okay. so so that's why the Holy Spirit is referred to in Scripture as the Paraclete of God. It is what comes alongside, and it is the helper that comes comes along to the Christians who don't have the physical person of Jesus in their, you know, we, we, we have Jesus, we, we confess Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, and then we receive the Holy Spirit to help us, and it's the Holy Spirit is the one who preserves us until the day of our glorification. Right. So that that's what leads us to what we would call... Um, some people call it the perseverance of the saints. You know, you have that no matter what happens, you are held in in relationship. You are in Christ, and you are held in Christ by the Holy Spirit. So that's when you get Packer when he says the whole, um, what is it? It's the 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 Father sins. Oh, I missed where it was. Oh, hang on, I got it. Hang on. Uh, the Father Father initiates. The Son complies. The Spirit executes. Yes. So so that's how. The Trinity really operates in this perfect unity of of actions, I guess you could say, where the Father does something and that prompts the Son to do something and prompts the Spirit to do something, which in turn prompts the Father to do the Son to do the Spirit to do the Father. And, and so you have this. So it's, an, it's an endless cycle of doing, yes. of prompting. And I always think, like I've always thought about that, the recycling logo from years ago. Uh-huh. Where the three circles or the three arrows kind of point to each other, and it just and it creates this triangle or whatever. Yeah. Um, to me, to me, that's if like if I had to give a physical representation, that's probably would be the closest. Where, but even even still, that fails, you know. But but that's the idea is that that each person of the spirit does their work in perfect unity to create this continual and eternal cycle of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in community. Gotcha. Does that make sense? A little bit, yeah. Okay, I hope I hope it did because more and more of this stuff is starting to make some sense. <laughs> That's the hey, the Trinity will do it to you, man. The Trinity is hard stuff. 
it's so hard stuff that I have not even really had any like pop culture references much tonight, other than that one for the Avengers. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I, I. So so something else Packer says, and we can. I guess we can start wrapping up. I don't know how long we've been going. Yeah, we're about forty minutes in. So uh, a few more minutes. I don't know how much you got. We're, got. we're going to try to not have these go quite as long as we have been the last couple of weeks. But I don't know. An hour for one topic seems like overkill. But anyway, um, digress. There we go. So, uh, so it's it's important to note. I think that the three persons of the Trinity all share the same wills. Mm-hmm. Um. That, you know, the Father can't do something that the Spirit and the Son aren't already on board with. Yeah. That, and well, that, that, like, that goes back to exactly what I was just talking about. Yeah. The, the, the continual circle of the Father, uh, right. you know, and the Son and the Spirit. Okay. In their, in their loop. Like, that's, I think. Without, I think without like, one, you don't have the loop. Exactly. If exactly. one is not on board, you don't have the loop. Exactly. And, and, and if you don't have, if you pull one one thing out of that, then you also don't have God. You have this, this lacking thing. It's lacking one of the three persons. Yeah. One of the three persons. And you're lacking some type of perfection at that point. Uh, and so you don't, you end up not having God. This is the, is the solution or the, the end result of that is you end up not having God in, in, in the flesh or God in the person of Jesus or the father or the spirit. So, um, but amongst all of that, and, and I think we started off with this, we, and, and I'll, and I'm going to, I'm going to run a laundry list here real quick of, of Bible verses that say there is only one God. You know, we said, you know, there's not a lot, a lot of Bible verses that specifically talk about the father, because really any verse that talks about God is talking about the father. So, right. When we say that God is one. We, we affirm that because that's what scripture affirms. I mean, the first place to go look for that is Exodus 20 in the, in the 10 commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. I am the Lord, your God. Okay. Um, Deuteronomy four thirty five says the same thing. Deuteronomy, uh, and this is the, the Shema is probably like, to me, it's like the linchpin because the Shema, which is Deuteronomy six, four and five was given to the Israelite people. And they would like, they would shout this. And, and what was funny is, is in that time, you know, Deuteronomy is happening. This is when, this is when Israel is really starting to kind of gain force in the world. Okay. Um, and so you end up with this, this, this nation of people that is decidedly monotheistic against a massive amount of people who are decidedly pluralistic. Okay. And so he gives them the Shema and it says, hero Israel, the Lord is your God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And so, you know, and that's what Jesus builds on that later. Uh, when he says, what's the greatest commandment? You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second is like this, you should love your neighbor as yourself. So, um, so you have this, this idea that, that there is only one God. Okay. And he tells the nation of Israel, there is only one God. Some other verses, 1 Kings 8, verse 60, Isaiah 45, 5 and 6, Isaiah 43, 10, um, Zechariah 14, 9, Malachi 2, 10, 1 Timothy 2, 5, Romans 3, 30, Mark 12, 29, John 17, 3, 1 Corinthians 18, 8, 4 through 6, Ephesians 4, 6, and 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6. I mean, that, like, what, I'm not proof texting any of this. You can go look every single one of those up. Yeah, what, what I'm hearing you say is that scripture is pretty adamant from beginning to end that there is one God. Yes. And that God is 
uh, always existed as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, from the from the beginning, he's always existed as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, and that and and I mean that that is the core essential of the Trinity. You don't deny the the full one hundred percent divinity of any one of the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, or you don't have God. You don't say that that they're separate. You don't say that they're modes. You don't say that they're anything other than fully God because that's what scripture says. Right. So there, I mean, it's just Trinity. It's not that hard, right? I mean, (laughs) in theory, no, like, like on the surface, it just seems, it seems pretty simple. Like God is the father. God is the son. God is the Holy spirit. But like, as, as far as like practically, you know, it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. it is. It's difficult. But it, so, you know, again, we come, come, we keep coming back to this. If it made sense, would, would God be worth worshiping? Exactly. Exactly. So there it is. There's our. There's some discussion on the Trinity. We want to hear what you think about it. Let yeah. us know. So ways you can reach out to us are our email address. Email is beersandbiblepodcast at gmail dot com. Boom. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram. Beers and Bible underscore. Yeah. Uh, on the Twitter, we're there at uh, Beers and Bible P1. P1. And uh, we don't have any other social media right. things. That's right it right now. If yeah. you want us on other social media platforms, you're going to have to tell us. Yeah. Because we really like Instagram. And that's basically all we like. Yeah. We don't, we don't even really do a whole lot on Twitter. Yeah, we don't. Twitter's um, basically for, like, tearing people down. So I don't, I don't really like Twitter. Yeah, anymore. let's not do that. Let's try to build people up. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. We're here for the edification of the body of Christ. And for also enjoying beer. Yeah, which is what we're going to do week in and week out here. So, um, yeah. We, thanks for joining us. Th- thanks. Uh, hope everyone has a great, however long it is until hey, you listen to the next episode. These, these come out on Friday, so we're just going to go ahead and say, have a good weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend. Enjoy your weekend. We hope you have a fantastic time. And we will see you later. See you you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 